Thank you for downloading this podcast from Pardes, North America. A Shot of Torah features Rabbi Dr. Levi Cooper, also known as the Magid of Melbourne. This is a special four-part series praying for rain during Shemitah. And now, part two with Levi Cooper. This is Levi Cooper coming to you from Tzur Hadassah. In the previous installment, I recounted the Jewish approach to reign in the land of Israel, how we beseech the Almighty for rain, and when it doesn't come, we institute fasts. And I left off with the question, what about during Shemitah, the sabbatical year, when we leave the land fallow? Do we still pray for rain? Would we fast if it doesn't rain? And the answer to this question begins in the Tosefta, a source that is contemporaneous with the Mishnah from the post-Temple period. And the Tosefta says, Keshem shematri'in al hagshamim b'shar shnei shavua. Just as we sound the alarms when there is no rain in all years of, in the other years of the seven-year cycle. Similarly, we sound those alarms during the seventh year, Shemitah, the sabbatical year. And the Tosefta says, why? Mipnei parnasat. Because of the livelihood of others. Who are these others? Whose livelihood are we concerned about? The language of the Tosefta is somewhat cryptic. The Talmud Yerushalmi cites this Tosefta and asks this very question. What does this mean that we are concerned about the livelihood of others? And the Talmud Yerushalmi offers two explanations. The first explanation, an explanation from the sages, because of the livelihood of non-Jews. And the second explanation, Rabbi Zeura Amar, Mipnei Parnasat Chashudim, because of the livelihood of people who are suspect. So let's begin with the first answer. What does it mean, Mipnei Parnasat Goyim? Why are we concerned about the livelihood of non-Jews? Why are we dedicating our prayers? Why would we even fast? Why would we sound the alarms? For the sake of the livelihood of non-Jews. One of the commentators on the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Pnei Moshe, a 17th and 18th century writer, Rabbi Moshe Margaliot, from Europe, he explains... Our concern with the livelihood of the non-Jews is that if there is insufficient produce, 
there will be scarce goods. And scarce goods leads to inflation. And inflation will also have an effect on us beyond the sabbatical year. According to this explanation, the explanation of the Pnei Moshe, we're not really concerned about the livelihood of the non-Jews. We're concerned with our own economic well-being. In a similar but different vein, another commentator on the Talmud Yerushalmi, Rabbi Eizel Chorif, in his commentary, Noyam Yerushalmi, he says, even though we don't work the land during Shemitah, we still need to eat. And one source of produce is from non-Jews. And therefore we pray that there should be rain so that they can grow fruit, vegetables, grains, legumes for our benefit. And I think that this approach too is focused on our own well-being. We pray for the Gentiles because we need to have what to eat. Perhaps I could suggest a third line that may have been difficult to imagine in 18th and 19th century Eastern Europe. The Pnei Moshe, as I said, in the 18th century and Reb Eizel Chorif in the 19th century, they may not have been able to express this idea, given their cultural context, perhaps we are genuinely concerned about others in our prayers. Not just because it will have an effect on us, but perhaps the Talmud is saying to us that our prayers are not only for our own well-being. We may be observing Shemitah. We may not be working the land. But there are others who are. And therefore, we pray for their livelihood as well. Now, this approach, this perspective, I think shines through in the second answer of the Talmud Yerushalmi. As you recall, the Talmud Yerushalmi said that we pray for rain for the Gentiles. And the second opinion was for the livelihood of people who are suspect. Parnasat chashudim. What are these people suspect? What are they, what are we suspicious of? And the commentators point out that we're concerned lest these people let, are working the land during Shemitah against Jewish law. And this is further very surprising. Even though they transgress against halacha, they are not keeping Shemitah. Yet, we're still concerned about their livelihood. My friends, this is really counterintuitive. They're sinning, but I'll still dedicate my prayers, supplications, and perhaps even fasts for their well-being. I believe that this is a very strong message. This is an ecumenical approach to our spiritual pursuits. We also pray for the other, those who are outside our community, even, for, for example, a non-Jew or 
someone who is in the community but he's taking themselves out, namely the sinner. This reading, my friends, suggests that the prayer for rain is an extremely deep prayer. It is not just about thinking about our well-being. We are also thinking beyond our immediate community. That's all for now. Until the next time, to the Beat Midrash! Thank you again for downloading this podcast, a production of Pardes North America. If you like what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. You can find A Shot of Torah on Spotify or by visiting us at elmod.pardes.org. Thanks for listening.